0: Welcome to Second Chance Church with Pastor Derek Aldridge.
1: Well, we just want to say good morning to everyone and welcome you to Second Chance uh, service this morning. Uh, The Lord is good and he's worthy to be praised. This is the day that the Lord has made and we will rejoice and be glad in it. We want you to share with somebody else on this live stream. God bless you, Sister Wilson. Bless you for coming in already this morning, Sister Mullins. God is good. Right now we're going to go to the praise team, and then I will be back in just a few moments. God bless you. Come on in. Well, let's give the Lord a hand clap of their family for our praise team today. God is good and again, he is worthy to be praised. Uh, just a couple of announcements. Remember that we do a food distribution every day from 5.30 to 6 o'clock here behind the parking lot. On Tuesdays, we pass out uh, diapers and water filters and masks from 11 to 1. So make sure you stop by and Pick them up. Uh, we are also giving out produce on Tuesdays from 11 to 1. So we want you to stop by and get whatever you might need. Amen. We thank God for all of you that are streaming in today. I thank God for my family all across the country that streams in on on these services. God bless you. I love you. Uh, thank God for Second Chance Church family. Uh, just one announcement about Bible study this Sunday. On uh, Thursday. July 23rd, my friend and my brother and my attorney, one of my attorneys, attorney Ken Scott is going to be celebrating his birthday. And so what we're going to do second chance is we're going to cancel Bible study this Thursday because Ken means so much to our community, to our church, to my family. He means so much that we're going to cancel live streaming Bible study. But what we want everybody to do is go by the post office and the address is 2712 Flushing Road at 545 and we're going to park in the post office parking lot and then we're going to have a parade. Ken's going to be sitting outside of his office from 6 until 730. He has been in the hospital and fighting a battle with that COVID for uh, since March and he's finally coming home. So we give God glory and praise for that And so we want to show up in large numbers and see him and wave at him and just wave and pass by and let him wave at us That's going to be this Thursday and we're going to be at the parking lot at 545 So I thank God for you. I'm praying for all of you that um, are not feeling well I got the prosecutor here with me today, and I thank God for that. We thank God for the Mobleys. We thank God for Leontay and Steve and our praise team this morning and Deacon Wilson. Amen. So we're going to go right to the word of God. We're going going right back to Jonah, the first chapter, verses 1 through 3. Jonah, the first chapter, verses 1 through 3. I think that's the same chapter that we used on last uh, week bless you God bless you and the Bible says shall we pray Father God we thank you for this moment this hour we thank you for your word we thank you for being able to still worship you and praise your holy name we ask that you be with those that are not feeling well today we ask you to bless those that are here we ask you to bless those that are streaming in and we ask that this word will be relevant it would be real and that some soul might be saved. In the name of Jesus, we pray and we give you thanks. Amen. Amen. The Bible says, The word of the Lord came to Jonah, son of Amittai, Go to the great city of Nineveh and preach against it, because its wickedness has come up before me. But Jonah ran away from the Lord and headed for Tarshish. He went down to Joppa where he found a ship bound for that port. After paying the fare, he went aboard and sailed for Tarsus to flee from the Lord. This morning, I want to talk just for a few moments about a tough assignment or a jacked up assignment. I want to suggest today that when you give your life to Christ, that every now and then God gives you tough assignments. When God calls you out and saves you, he will place some difficult people in your life that he will require you to deal with. And some of the people that you will have to deal with and some of the places that you will have to go are going to be messed up. But I want to suggest that before we put our halos on, we need to understand that before he cleaned us up, we were all messed up. but he still called us. When we look at Jonah through these four chapters, all we see is his disobedience and his failures. But one verse speaks of his success. It's amazing to me how people will always talk about your mistakes, but won't ever say a word about your success. Second Kings, the 14th chapter and the 25th verse lets us know that Jonah was a prophet. Second King says that Jeroboam was a king who was able to reconquer and recapture some of the lands that Israel had lost. And then the scripture says it was done as the Lord had promised through the prophet Jonah. My Bible says that in verse 1 that the word of the Lord came to Jonah, son of Amittah, and God says, go to Nineveh. And I can hear Jonah, go to Nineveh? God says, go to the great city of Nineveh and preach against it because its wickedness has come up before me. We taught on Nineveh last Sunday and we gave some historical data on what the kind of city it was and what the culture of that city was. Nineveh was an extremely tough city. So God tells Jonah to go to Nineveh. Go to a place that's creating havoc. God tells Jonah, go, go, go to Nineveh, go, go to the enemy, go to the oppressor, go to the opposition, go to Nineveh. I'm talking about a real jacked up assignment. You gotta understand what's going on. This is the first time that God raises up a prophet to speak to this heathen nation. And Jonah is in an awkward place because at one level, he doesn't mind speaking judgment because if you don't like somebody, it's real easy to put them in their place. If you don't like somebody, it's real easy to put them down. You don't mind telling somebody that you don't like, somebody that you really don't like, that God's getting ready to punish them. There there, there are some important lessons in this text for us this afternoon. Let me help you understand something. Knowing God is wonderful, but knowing God can also mess you up. Because the more you know about God, the more God requires out of you, and the more complicated your life becomes. Now, there are some things we love about God. We love the perks that God gives us. We love how he blesses us. But when you have a personal relationship with God, it can complicate your life, because God will give you some jacked-up assignments. God will ask you to bless those that have persecuted you. God will require you to love those that you find it difficult to love. God will require you to have patience on those that get on your nerves. God will give you some messed up assignments. And if you've got some issues with other people, and if God is trying to use you to bless your enemies, then that means that God has to get you over yourself. This is the first time a prophet speaks a message to heathen nations. God wanted Jonah to speak to cutthroats, to murderers, to idol worshipers, to prostitutes. And God wants Jonah to go and preach for the express purpose of reconciliation and redemption. Jonah was given an assignment. Jonah was given an assignment, go to Nineveh. People that really don't love God, Nineveh. People that are not connected to the the covenant go to Nineveh and preach against it, sometimes God gives us what seems like crazy assignments. But I want you to know this morning that the assignment is really not about you. The assignment is paving the way for somebody coming behind you. Some of you need to understand that your ministry is a trailblazing ministry. And when we come out of this COVID and we are coming out, God is going to expect you to carry out your assignment, so you better get ready. And I want you to remember that our assignment is not to be the star. Our assignment is not to be the center of attention. We're here to set up for the start that's coming. And because some of us need to get pats on our backs, because some of us need to get recognition and credit, we often miss opportunities to be the setup man for somebody else. You need to catch this. Many of us have missed blessings because we can't stand being the setup person. Some of the greatest players in the NBA are not the scorers. If you really want to know what makes a scorer look good, look at who gets him the ball. Look at the point guard on the team. It's not enough to, to just score. You need somebody who can make the pass. But what, what God was doing was setting Jonah up to be an assist man for the master. I, I need to know if anybody's listening, is. enough to be an assist man or assist woman for the master this morning. Can the Lord use you to set somebody else up? Can the Lord use you to usher others into the next level of their destiny? Can the Lord use you to be a blessing to somebody else? See, because for a lot of us, time is running out. And with all of our knowledge, with all of our experiences that we've been through in life, Some of us need to take time with our children, with some of our young men and young women, so they don't make the mistakes we made. I know you want to be the man. I I know you want to be the woman, but maybe God has made you an intercessor. Maybe God wants you in the closet while a man or woman of God is in the pulpit. And the reality is even if no one sees you down here, when you get to heaven, you'll hear God say, well done. This, This message for what is going on. This is a message. This is a message for what is going on in our country today. And I pray that somebody catches this in the spirit. Because of all our division in the country, we have to be careful how we treat each other. So listen to the assignment. Go to Nineveh. Nineveh was the capital of Assyria. Assyria had been one of the primary oppressors of Israel. And Assyria attacked and conquered Israel History records that Israel was never the same again. They were never strong and influential again. They were dismantled by Assyria. Now watch this. Jonah was an Israelite. Jonah had been programmed to hate Assyrians. There, there was no evidence that the Assyrians did anything to Jonah or his family while he was living. So whatever Jonah thought about the Assyrians, somebody passed it on to him. I'm going somewhere. He, he was a prophet who had been programmed to think a certain way. And God gives him an assignment that's in contradiction to what he had been taught. Go to Nineveh. Living at home, he was taught to hate Nineveh. Nineveh, son, they hurt us. They, Nineveh, son, they stole from us. Nineveh, son, they murdered us. Son, Nineveh mistreated us. Son, Nineveh is not any good. is dangerous. Now, it sounds like some of the things we've been hearing on the news right now. Stay away from people of Nineveh because they're, they're going to hurt you in the end. You can't trust people from Nineveh. Nineveh is self-serving. Nineveh is a player. Nineveh is somebody you can't believe in. Nineveh is the police department. You know that all of us have been programmed. We're all products of the environment that we grew up in. What, what many of us don't understand is that The programming has been so subtle and so systematic until certain beliefs are ingrained in us. So Jonah's response to being told to go to Nineveh was, as you and I would expect, hold on. Nineveh, do you know what they did to us? Nineveh, God, you want me to go to Nineveh? God, you got me messed up, you got me twisted. Jonah had been programmed to believe certain things. You know why some of us struggle with women in ministry? Because somebody programmed us. Somebody told you that women shouldn't shouldn't be this and women shouldn't be that. You wanna know why some women struggle with men? Because some sister who had a bad relationship with the wrong man put it in your head that men are nothing but dogs. But I just want you to know that all men are not dogs. We watch too many reality shows. We listen to too much jump on Facebook and Twitter. Just because your daddy ran around on your mother or your mama ran around on your daddy does not mean that every man and woman are like that. Just because you grew up with 10 uncles who dropped by once a week and went in the bedroom to smoke blunts with your mama, does that mean that you have to be like that? I just want you to know that you are royalty, that you are better than that. And if you take your time, and you'll be able to find you a husband that loves you and cares about you. Can I preach this this morning? You want to know why some of you struggle with some of our white brothers and sisters? because we should. White society does not understand why blacks have this struggle with the police. But they have not lived where we live and dealt with what we've dealt with. But there are not all, but but let me say this, but all police are not bad and all police are not good. But all of our black brothers and sisters are not good either. All of us got some issues. We're arguing about police killing each other every day. So while we've been protesting, while we've been protesting, while we've been marching, I had to do some soul searching. Mm-hmm. So I prayed for those families that have died at the hands of injustice. And I'm praying for the families that have lost loved ones that have found no justice. And I pray for the police that are involved in the situations that have created this tension. But I also pray for those that try and make villains out of all people of color. We have been programmed. How many, of, how many of us, when we were coming to church, we were preconditioned on how service would go? Yeah. What time service was going to be over? Yeah. How many songs was going to be sung? Yeah. And if the service didn't go like we thought it should go, we didn't think we had church that morning. Yeah. How many of us, when we came to choir rehearsal, came in with our minds already made up on how choir rehearsal should go? We have been programmed. Somebody say programmed. Our preaching, our singing, our teaching, our ministries have been diluted by the things we've been programmed to believe. We've been programmed for years to think a certain way. But God sent me to tell you this morning if he's ever going to really use you, he's going to have to reprogram you and I and we've got to get ready to go to Nineveh. Yeah. He put us all in time out. Yeah. He put us in quarantine yeah. so that he can reprogram us because we got some Nineveh issues and we got some Nineveh situations that we're going to have to deal with when we come out of quarantine. I may not like it, but I got to go to Nineveh. I may hate it, but i got to go to Nineveh. I may have been hurt by them. But I've got to go to Nineveh. My deliverance is in Nineveh. My joy is in Nineveh. My liberation is in Nineveh. See, most of us, to tell the truth, I don't care what color you are. We were raised in dysfunctional families. Now you compound the situation you were raised in with who you become. And you will realize that you need to be reprogrammed that's why being saved is such a challenge for us most of us think that the lord has got to build us up no the first thing he's got to do is tear us down he's got to break us down and purge some stuff out of us you know we don't like to talk about sanctification Because we think sanctification means we got to quit smoking and we got to quit drinking and we got to quit cussing people out and quit going to the casino. It's that, but it's much more than that. Sanctification is getting all the stuff out of you that gets in the way and won't allow you to bless other people. Sanctification is a Greek word that means holiness. It means being obedient to the word of God. What happens to a lot of us is that the Lord will bless us, put his hand on us, and mold us. And then we start walking around like we're more spiritually advanced than everybody else. But if you think you're better than everybody, ask Samson what happens when you get your hair cut in the wrong barbershop. If you think you're more than everybody else, ask Peter what it feels like when you don't feel the presence of the Lord. If you think you're better than everybody else, ask David what happens when you're looking over the wrong balcony. But in spite of our hangups, our preconceived thoughts and our ideas about others. God, yeah, the thing I thank God for today is God is still good and God is still merciful. I don't know. I don't, I, I know, I know, I know without a fact. I don't deserve the blessings of the Lord. I know that I'm a mess. What about you? Come on, somebody. some of you know that your only claim to frame is that the Lord, he saved your lazy behind. Come on in here and tell the truth. God picked you up and turned your life around and gave you something you don't even deserve. God has been good and merciful to us. That's why sometimes when you get the Holy Ghost, and the Holy Ghost hits you and people think you're happy because of some song or some sermon. They don't realize that the sermon or the singing doesn't have you happy. You're praising him because you've reflected back over some of the crazy things you've done in your life and you know that you're not supposed to be here. But God has been somebody. ought to praise God out there listening right now. God has been good to you and I. So that's why sometimes you can't help but to praise him. If we're going to make this a better city and a better world, then we have to work at being part of the solution. And we are called to go out into Nineveh. we got to be okay with messed up assignments. we got to be okay with where God has positioned us in the kingdom. There's got to be some tearing down and breaking some strongholds. We've got to let go of our egos. We have to let go of those old ideas, those old traditions and ways. We need to step over the issues and minister to all people. Watch what happens. When you have Nineveh issues, you don't obey God. Then God has to create a situation. When you don't complete your assignment, then God will create a situation. And you don't want a situation because you cannot control a situation that God creates. At least when he gives you uh, the assignment, he lets you have the power to say yes or no. When he puts you in a situation, you got to go through it until he gets finished. Watch this. The text says that Jonah goes in the opposite direction. My Bible says he gets on this boat, and when he gets on the boat, he goes below deck. He goes to the bottom. He goes to the bottom. When you get out of the will of God, you always go to the bottom. My Bible says a storm arises, so the people on the top of the boat start praying to their gods, which had a little G on it, and they threw their cargo into the sea to lighten up the ship. And then in verse 5, they were throwing cargo over to try to lighten the load so they could survive. Question. How many people that have come in your life have made have made you throw your valuables away just because you left them in your life? Is there any women streaming that can be a witness that they threw their dreams away over a no-good man? Has any man had to throw his joy away just to remain with an unhappy wife? How many people have had to throw good stuff overboard just to stay in a relationship with you? When you're out of order with God, you make the people who are on the boat with you lose things that they work for because they're trying to save your behind. But what they should have done was thrown you overboard because you're the reason they're in the storm in the first place. When one member is out of order with God, it can affect the whole body. I know you can sing, but you're still out of order. I know you can play, but you're still out of order. I know you can preach, but you're still out of order. I know you hold a political position, but you're still out of order. How many of you are in a storm right now because you married somebody with Nineveh issues? But I'm so glad that I don't have to stay the way I am. I'm so glad that I can bring all my hangups and all my hookups and my my heartbreaks and my setbacks to the Lord and leave them there. I'm so glad that he looked beyond my faults and supplied all of my needs. How many of you are in a storm right now because you want the change to come, but you can't see it because it's never been done that way? I'm getting ready to close. Jonah is in the bottom of the boat. They finally go to Jonah and say, talk to your guy. Jonah said, y'all, it's my fault. They still try to save me. When you get out of order, you start making crazy statements. Throw me overboard. And they say, okay. So Jonah throws his own self overboard. And God customizes a situation to fit his needs. I heard a pastor say God customized hell for him. I I, I see it a little different. I I wanna suggest that in order to understand what the fish was about, you gotta get it from the vantage point of Jesus. Jesus shows that Jonah is the paradigm for the death and the resurrection because when he went into the belly of a whale and was spit out on the third day, Jesus spoke about the whale's belly and three days in the New Testament. Did you catch that? What the Lord told me this morning is that he will customize a death for you. Because if he gives you an assignment and you don't obey, that means that there's some stuff in you that's too alive and it's getting in the way of what God wants to happen. So he's gotta kill it so you can finally be who he needs you to be. Yeah. And, where, and where do you put that which is killed? Where, where do you put corpses? in a grave. So the fish in the story was a tomb so Jonah could be buried and bury his Nineveh issues with him. I just said something. God told me to tell some of you that he's not going to let you out of quarantine until your Nineveh issues are dead. He's going to leave you in certain situations until you learn how to love everybody. He's going to leave you in certain jobs until you learn how to stop worrying about what somebody else is not doing and start doing what you're supposed to be doing on your job. He's going to leave us with our masks on walking six feet apart until we show him we can come together and be a nation with equal rights, equal economy, and justice for all People, you know, I'm so glad today that if you let the Lord here heal the stuff in you, He'll bring you out of your situation and give you another chance. I thank God. There's a resurrection for every situation. When you get to chapter three, verse one, there are two words, and the two words made me shout this morning. Verse 3, verse 1 says, Then the word of the Lord came to Jonah a second time. The two words that bless me are a second time. I'm so glad that when I don't do what God wants me to do, he'll come back a second time. The living Bible says he came back once again. I'm so glad when I'm not everything I'm supposed to be, God will work on my once again. I'm so glad when I don't give him everything he deserves, God will come back once again. Anybody know that he woke you up once again, kept you safe all night long once again, put food on your table once again. When I look back over my life and see what he's done, I got to acknowledge that he's a God of a time Is, Is there anybody grateful that he'll come see about you once again? Then somebody, everybody, anybody ought to give him some praise. Anybody know he's worthy this morning? You ought to give him some praise this morning. Anybody know that he's worthy? I tell you, he's worthy, he's worthy, he's worthy. He's worthy. He'll come back to you once again. There might be somebody out there today that doesn't know the God that I'm talking about. And right now is the time for you to get your life straight with him. You might be dealing with Nineveh issues. And Nineveh issues is nothing but racism at its best or at its worst. So today you have this opportunity to give your life with him. As the praise team begins to sing, just think about what Jesus did for you in Calvary. Just think about it. The Bible says all you have to do is confess with your mouth, believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead, and thou shalt be saved. Is
0: there
1: one display? in November. My friend my brother Prosecutor David Layton this here. he was my attorney saved my behind on a couple of occasions he's been more than a friend and more than a brother and I'm going to just bring him up just to have a brief word right now Amen
2: Thank you so very much Pastor You're so very kind I am Good morning to the Second Chance community. I am uh, humbled, humbled by my brother, Pastor Derek Aldridge, and this wonderful congregation. Uh, I have a great admiration for Pastor Aldridge's spirit, his observance to God, his friendship through many years, and God willing, through many, many more years still to come. Pay tribute as well to the First Lady, and to all the wives out there. They are truly the rock, the backbone, the everything. For those of us who are in long-sustaining marriages, we all know the tremendous sacrifices that they have made for us and continue to make. So God bless each and every one of you out there this morning. I'm privileged to serve as your prosecuting attorney. Uh, I have served for four years and with God's blessing and your votes, I'll serve a fifth term. And although my my, uh, title is prosecuting attorney, I really don't look at myself as a prosecuting attorney. I look at myself as a minister of justice because that's really what the job is, the goal is to find justice for all those who come before the criminal justice system. It's not about convictions, it's not about the number of trials that you win, it's not about how many people you send to jail, it's not about how many people go to prison, it's about justice for those who enter the criminal justice system. It's about justice for the accused, it's about justice for the families that are aggrieved by their participation in the system. It's about justice for the victims. And ultimately, it's about justice for our community. Every human being has worth. Every human being has dignity. Every human being should be treated with respect, including those who come before the criminal justice system. Every human being has been put here on earth by God and every human being has worth and dignity and that's what we strive to do in the criminal justice system with me as your prosecuting attorney, as your Minister of Justice. Every defendant deserves fairness. Every defendant deserves due process. Every defendant deserves equal protection under the law. There's no favorites. It shouldn't matter what you look like. It shouldn't matter what the color of your skin is. It shouldn't matter what your ethnicity is. It shouldn't matter from what country you hail. If you come before the American system of justice, lady justice is blind. Lady justice is blindfolded. And everybody is treated with work, dignity, and equal protection. And you know what that means? That means that sometimes somebody is afforded and should be afforded a second chance. That means that somebody sometimes should be afforded a third chance. That means that somebody sometimes should be afforded a fifth, fourth, fifth, sixth chance. We have to look at the individual and whether we can get them back on the road to productivity. That's what I believe as your prosecuting attorney, as your minister of justice. Let me just wrap this up by telling you how we've accomplished that during my tenure. We have what are called problem-solving courts. We have what are called specialty courts, where we take the folks who come downtown and we determine maybe they have a drug addiction. If so, let's treat that drug addiction, because that's what caused them to cross the line in the first place. That's what maybe sent them to Nineveh in the first place, Pastor. And so now, we want to get them back on the right road, don't we? We want to get them off that drug addiction so they can be productive citizens, so they can be lawyers and doctors and pastors. Tell you a real quick story. I had a fellow come before the court the other day. He'd been to medical school. He was trying to get a fellowship and he ran short of money. So his lawyer came to me and said, you know what? He's lived a good life for 42 years. He's had a slip. He got caught dealing drugs. And I said, despite what my assistant prosecutor said, I said, this man deserves a second chance. He's done a lot of good things in his life. We're gonna afford him a second chance. We are not gonna give him a conviction that will end his medical career. We're gonna see what we can do to get him off the addiction and we're gonna send him back down the road so he can be a good doctor and he can... He can doctor all the folks out there who need help. That's just one example of what we try to strive to do. A second chance, a third chance, a fourth chance. That's through the drug court. Let's get them off drugs. Let's get her back on the right road. Then we have so many people in the courts who have mental health issues. They just, for whatever reason, they're not clicking on all cylinders. Maybe they are off their meds. Maybe they haven't been prescribed the proper meds. We're gonna get them into the mental health court, we're gonna get them on the proper medication, we're gonna get them back on the road to productivity, we're gonna expunge whatever problem they've had, and we're gonna let them be good citizens in our community. We have a veterans court for those who have served our country. Folks have gone overseas to Afghanistan, to Iraq, to Vietnam. They've served our country so we can live in freedom, so we can worship on Sunday morning, and praise the Lord. They fought for that right for us. They've come back, they suffer from post-traumatic stress disorder, PTSD. We get them into the veterans court with God bless her judge, Jenny Barky, who oversees it, and we make sure they get back on the right road. So we have all of these new ways, these new methods. We're not sending people up the river like in the old days. That's not the way to do it. That's not the way to heal the community. That's not justice. And I am striving as the prosecuting attorney, as the minister of justice, to make things right for folks who have had issues, for folks who have been to Nineveh. I've been listening, Pastor. I was listening with both ears this morning, and I was praising the Lord right along with you, my friend. I'm so humbled to be here. If you've voted absentee, thank you. Please vote August 4th. You'll see my name on the ballot. God bless. God bless Pastor Aldridge and your wonderful family, this wonderful church, and uh, I look to be back many, many times in the future. Again, God bless the family of Second Chance. Thank you so much for the opportunity.
0: Thank you for tuning in to Second Chance Church, The Praise Factory.